Thanks to Country Auto's Havel and its new car thinking. This is JB for breakfast with just, well, old thinking. 92.9. Time to chat with Meg Coffee, social media strategist. Meg, thank you so much for your time. How are you? lovely to chat to you, Jared. Yeah, always good fun. I can't believe this. I feel like oldish now. Twitter turned 15. Get out of town. Really? I know. I know. I'm not old enough for there to be a social media platform that's 15, but here we are. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And like, unlike, I know MySpace is still around, but you know, it's dead. Just close it. Get get rid yeah. of it. Uh, Twitter's really kind of like the oldest one that's still got some relevancy, really. Well, I mean, you've got Facebook. Oh, yeah, there. sorry, that's yeah. It. I mean, that's a little bit younger, but is it relevant? That's a whole <laughs> other story. Um, <laughs> yes. I, yeah, look, I love Twitter, and I know that the majority of Australians, the platform doesn't resonate with them unless you're in news, sports, and politics. But... I am in news, sports, and politics, and I love Twitter. And I think globally what the platform, the way that it's connected people, it's, um, you know, supported democracy, maybe not in the U.S., but in other places. I think Twitter, for all the negative, it is actually a great place. Do, are you surprised it's it's hung on as long as it has, or do you kind of think back in 06, 07, you were like, no, nah, this is good, and it's going to be the, it's going to hang on there? Well, I think because what Twitter has done is it, it it's constantly innovating. And look, some of the things haven't worked and some of them have. But if you look at what they're doing now, say, with spaces and trying to get into the audio um, app revolution or audio platform revolution, it's Twitter Twitter is staying ahead. And maybe, maybe because it is used by so many journalists and those in the media, it is always at the forefront of news and it is the place to go when, when there's breaking news. Mm. I mean, I think Facebook and Instagram went down for a little bit last week. Where does everyone go? They go to Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that That's exactly right. I, I remember, um, this might make you feel old and apologies if it does, I remember Ashton Kutcher, he was the first person to get a million followers on Twitter. Do you remember that? Yes, and it was such a big deal because it was like, wow, a million followers, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, and now you're like, oh, you only have a million. Yeah. You're obviously not very popular. <laughs> no, exactly. That's right. And incredible how Twitter's still relevant. Ashton Kutcher's career, not so much. Oh, look! I think he made enough money. He's just fine. <laughs> he doesn't need to be relevant, right? No. <laughs> very true. Where to? You mentioned before Twitter with the getting into the audio space and that kind of stuff. Do you think in 15 years' time we'll be having a chat again about it turning 30? It's still gonna be hanging in there. Oh, wow. That's a big call. I'm loath to make calls three years ahead. Much, much more fitting. Look, I, I mean, social media is changing. I think definitely audio is the way forward, which makes me laugh because here I am talking to you on the radio, which has been around for however long. Yet social media and audio, it's a brand new thing. It's not. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. The very first tweet that Jack Dorsey, or well, the very first tweet ever, and it was sent out by Jack Dorsey, who created Twitter, and it was called, it said, just setting up my Twitter, but Twitter wasn't spelled right. That recently sold for $2.5 million. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, so I don't know if you've heard much about these NFTs and this whole new cryptocurrency thing, but apparently we can now sell our tweet. I mean, I can also just print it out on my printer and put it on the wall, or I could pay $2.5 for it. So he sold it via cryptocurrency? Yep. 
and so what is the trade? What do you own? Like, do you own the data of that tweet or? Nope, you own the tweet. You own a digital copy of that tweet. Just yeah. like the one I printed out on my computer. <laughs> but, yeah, but I was about to say, couldn't people, any, I could go onto his page and screenshot that and print it off? And it's the, but then it's a copy though, isn't it? Yeah, and, that, and that's where we get into this whole NFT, these non-fungible tokens and cryptocurrency, uh. which is taking over the world, and just, it's beyond me. Um, but just f- funny to see that on the anniversary, the 15th anniversary, that he did put this up, and, and someone was willing to pay 2.5 mil for it. That is phenomenal. That's crazy. Yep. Wow, Too two... much money in the world. Yeah, that's nuts. Any idea who bought it, or was one of those anonymous people? Oh, I, you put me on the spot on that one. It, it, it wasn't... It was a guy that collects these kinds of things, uh, but he isn't—he isn't a mainstream person, no. Yeah, right. I'm surprised Elon Musk didn't have a crack at it. It sounds like something he'd buy. Oh, he's crazy too, isn't he? <laughs> Man, we've gone down some rabbit warrens uh, in this <laughs> chat. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, but that's where social's going, you know. And that's why I say, who knows where we'll be in 15 years? It'll be a whole new world, that's for sure. Yeah, no, exactly. Meg, thank you so much for the chat. Thank you. For the all-new GWM Cannon with a powerful turbo diesel engine and an 8-speed ZF automatic transition, which is great because JB can't drive a manual and some say he can barely drive an auto. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9. Time to have a chat with Mitch from Ocean Alley. Mitch, thank you so much for the chat. How are you, mate? G'day, JB. I'm really good. Thank you. That's the way. Fantastic to have a chat with you. Take us all the way back to 2011. You're in your shed... And you just started performing some music inspired by some of your big mentors and idols, Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, Die Straits. Did you expect you'd be where you are now a decade on from those days in that shed? Um, no, no way we expected that. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy what's happened. And we're just so thrilled that we're still doing what we love and what we, what we were what we were doing back in the shed all those years ago. How has things been in the last 12 months? COVID knocked you guys around a fair bit? Yeah, I mean, it's, it was a real disappointment um, and a bit frustrating for us to have to cancel big overseas tours. But looking on the bright side of things, we all got a nice break at home to spend with our family and friends. And I guess this year we'll be able to do much more touring around uh, Australia and probably more, more particularly regional Australia, which is great for us. Uh, it's probably somewhere that we didn't have lined up to do. Um, but seeing as uh, it is what it is right now, that's, we're looking forward to a year touring around Oz. Yeah. Where, where were you guys looking at touring internationally before COVID whacked it off? Yeah, we've been to Europe and the States uh, before, but we had another two huge tours in each of those continents um, lined up. So it was disappointing not to be able to do them. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's great that the gigs are slowly opening up in Oz and, 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 and all Australians are probably doing their part to make mm. sure we can get our lives back to normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It must be a pinch yourself moment again when you get a huge number of people come to your shows overseas. That's incredible. Yeah, it's the first few times we went over there, it, it you know, wasn't as big, but when it, when it picked up, it's, yeah, it is a bit of a pinch yourself moment. Um, and I suppose the crowds aren't too different. There's, we always have a lot of young people at our shows. And, and yeah, it was so much fun touring around the States and seeing new places and meeting new people. 
What is your favorite place to perform to? Do you prefer the larger concerts or do you prefer the intimate shows? To be honest, the festival, big large festival is always a bit of fun. There's yeah. always something to do uh, apart from play music and you get to see so many other acts and all that. Um, and there's some crazy festivals over in the States and Europe that we've played at. Cali, Cali Roots was one uh, in California. Vardacross was one in uh, the Netherlands. And yeah, it's uh, there's a festival in Budapest, Hungary that we played. Wow. And, and yeah. So it's a shame we're missing out on all of that, but yeah. Australia's got Australia's got some pretty good festivals too. Don't doubt that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. No, exactly. That's it. Yeah, that's that's good. And I mean, we'll eventually get back there. It's just if and when. Uh, if you could perform with anyone at all on a festival, at a concert, uh, you know, even in the recording studio. Sorry to put you on the spot here. Who would you pick? Yeah. Oh, that's like, you could pick anyone really, but. It'd be pretty cool to perform uh, or, or play with uh, Neil Young. He's a, he was a bit of an inspiration to us when we were starting. I remember that we used to um, do a cover of his song, Old Man. And, uh, yeah, so that would be pretty spectacular if we if we got to play with Neil. Have you had any of those thrill moments where you have maybe performed with someone that you've looked up to as a kid or you performed somewhere that you really wanted to when you were younger and just go, I can't believe I'm doing this now? I don't think we have yet. Um, I say yet. Uh, that's quite hopeful. But uh, we could get Neil yeah. Young. <laughs> Neil Young would be cool. Then it can happen. We, uh, we've recently done, we did recently did a Pink Floyd cover, so it'd be pretty cool to get uh, yep. Mr. Mr. Gilmore around for a jam. <laughs> if if people haven't checked you guys out live, what are they in for when they see you perform in Tamworth in a couple of months? Yeah, well, we've been working closely with our uh, lighting director putting putting together a huge uh, on-stage show with lots of lights, making it look really cool. And and then we're going to get up there and try and make it sound really cool as well. So we'll be playing a mix of uh, our material from um, way back and some new stuff. And, yeah, it's just going to be a hell time. We're looking forward to it. Love it, Mitch. Thank you so much for the chat. Enjoy Tamworth while you're here. Our radio station's literally across the road from the Big Going Guitar, so I'll Ooh. see you guys taking the selfie. Yeah, I'll see you there, JB, <laughs> and we look forward to seeing all the Tamworth locals there. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, JB. Thanks to Country Auto's Hubble and its new car thinking. This is JB for breakfast with just, well, old thinking. 92.9. Time to have a chat with our money expert, Sarah Wells. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. How are you? I'm well, JB. What about yourself? Yeah, doing very well, doing very well. More people than ever before, and it's been stemmed on somewhat by the uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, but more people than ever before are saving. Yes, it is probably one of the good things that have come yeah. out from the pandemic, apart from the flexibility of working from home, which I am doing today. So, yeah, <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely been a silver lining. And um, look, I think for most of us, it was the the thing that happened. Like, you know, Australia's been uninterrupted growth for, you know, just over 30 years. Um, I'm in my early 40s. I vaguely remember the recession we had to have, mm. but I do remember talking a lot people talking a lot about it afterwards. Yeah. So we really haven't, we've had the GFC, we've had some things happen, but they've never been as um, significant to, I guess, scare people mm. into saving for a rainy day 
as what we've seen happening now with the pandemic, you know, loss of jobs being stood down. It really was a scary few weeks there about this time last year. I guess it's a really good habit um, that it's kind of shocked us into, though. Look, I, I think in, in two parts, there's, there's two aspects to it. One is our economy does need us to spend, yeah. and I think the figures were about $200 billion that has been saved by um, households and also by businesses. So that's $200 billion less that's sitting out there in the economy, which, mm. you know, depending on what school of economic thought can be a good thing. It allows us to sort of drip feed that through. But really, if we look at why people save, we tend to save for one of two reasons. We tend to save because we want something that we don't yet have, or we tend to save to avoid an element of discomfort if something bad were to happen mm. to us, like an in case of emergency fund or, you know, saving for retirement if we're not able to work. What I saw people do was just stop spending. I don't know if they actually actively saved or if they just stopped spending. And what I guess I'm looking at and and hoping for us all moving forward is we can kind of find a blend between prioritising savings but also still spending and doing our part to keep our economy in this state of recovery. It's almost like you just need to, uh, you know, still go out there and buy stuff, but just keep a portion of your cash without it being too overbearing aside for savings. Is that right? Yeah. So one of the things I like um, to focus on with working with clients and also myself is um, paying yourself first. So what I tend to, to suggest to people is to pick a fixed amount that you're going to save each pay packet or a percentage of your earnings, hmm. um, depending on your income, depending on where you're at in your life cycle, and then running your budget after that amount has come out. Where I think people struggle in budgeting is they list all of the things that they think they need to have all their expenses and then save what's left over. Yeah. Yeah. I found if we put that aside first, yeah. we tend to manage and navigate the rest that little bit easier. It's a little bit like if you want to lose some weight, um, it's good to take your lunch to work or go to the gym than it is to kind of say, oh, well, I'll buy that, you know, that dress that I'll fit into in six mm. months' time. And the other interesting thing is, is whether people will end up sticking with this saving habit as well or as the economy gets back to some sort of uh, status quo again, all of that goes out the window, which we see so often in the past. Most definitely. I think as humans, we can be um, incredibly slow learners, uh, but pretty quick to get it. What I like to do whenever something happens, whether it be a change of circumstance, personally, professionally, or something like what we're going through with the pandemic, is to think about what I can learn from it. What could I do without? Um, And also, what type of spending did I used to do without thinking about it? And I think looking at those two things and then setting a bit of a goal or a behaviour that I'd like to exhibit, I tend to find that I'm able to take the best of a situation and keep doing that forward. Um, But still also remember that I have a part in the community to, to spend and to do things myself. I love it. Awesome advice as always. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure for, for being here and thanks for having me. And remember, you know, savings could be the new black. For the all-new GWM Cannon with a powerful turbo diesel engine and an 8-speed ZF automatic transition, which is great because JB can't drive a manual and some say he can barely drive an auto. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9.
time to have a chat with Shay, the sleep expert from the Good Night Coach. She's co-founder there as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Jared. Not drama at all. It's a great day for you because it is World Sleep Day today. And it's one of those things that, you know, it is. It's, we say it so often, you think that getting good sleep would be the easiest thing on the planet, but it's really not. So many people combat getting a good sleep routine. World Sleep Day this year is regular sleep, healthier life, which couldn't be more true. Oversleeping on this uh, International Sleep Day is... A bad thing, getting too much sleep isn't good. I know. I mean, who would think that? You know, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Because it is something, as you mentioned, that so many people struggle with. So how could oversleeping be a bad thing? But really, it is. And I think that really if we break it down, um, sleep in general, we need to come back and, and just acknowledge the fact that sleep is the third pillar of health. So just like we prioritise um, fitness and diet, we really need to be prioritising sleep. And I think that that's the key message here. And also that sleep is personalised. So we need to take a personalised approach. And if you are somebody that is struggling with over oversleeping, remembering that it, it probably isn't a bad idea to go and seek some medical advice around it because there might be some underlying issues. Certainly oversleeping can lead to, you know, some, some more serious illnesses like um, diabetes and heart disease. So one of the things that um, the experts talk about when it comes to oversleeping is that it can have a bit of a link to some anxiety and depression. So if you're finding that you're oversleeping, so more than 10 hours um, a night or feeling like you need to um, sleep more during the day, then, you know, seeking some advice around it's probably not a bad idea. Addressing some things like your, um, you know, what your food intake is, how much exercise you're getting, and maybe your sleep environment are some other things to also consider. Is there sort of a minimum amount of hours that you should be getting in sleep? The ideal average, the world standard, is seven to nine hours a night. Yeah, yeah. And preferably in one go, not broken up like us breakfast announcers have. <laughs> Preferably um, in an ideal world, but it's not achievable for everyone. People like yourselves, shift workers, yeah. new mums, elderly people, you know, and this is the whole thing when it comes back to this personalised message is mm. sleep is different for everyone. Yeah. And it also depends on the stage of life that we're at. So, you know, we know that babies and children and, and teenagers need more sleep than people in their 60s, 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is it all right to do to have a bit of the sneaky nana nap if you are a shift worker? Definitely. So napping is, is something that I certainly recommend it. I think that it's not a bad thing. And if it means that you're going to be able to play a little bit of catch-up on, um, on your sleep, then I think by all means do it if it works for you. Um, one of the core indicators of knowing whether or not you're getting the right amount of sleep is whether or not you have to use an alarm to wake up in the morning. So if you're somebody who doesn't need to doesn't need an alarm and is naturally waking up around the same time every day, then it's a pretty good indicator that you're getting the right amount of sleep for you, for your body. I like that. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. And just to leave you with some... Um, you know, a bit of an acronym around sleep and what you can, here are some sort of key takeouts for you to, um, you know, to, to consider your plan and your approach around sleep. 
S is for set, setting your wake and sleep time, so really sticking to that bedtime and wake-up time. L is for leaving your phones and screens alone. That's a pretty important one, yeah. at least an hour before we go to bed. E is to embrace gratitude for the day. E is to express your thoughts by writing or journaling, getting all of those um, thoughts that you can't get out of your head that might may stop you from falling asleep at mm. night, just getting all your worries down. Mm. And P is just prioritise and plan sleep. I love that. Fantastic. Hey, happy World Sleep Day. Thank you so much for the tips and tricks. Thanks, Jerry. For the all-new GWM Cannon with a powerful turbo diesel engine and an 8-speed ZF automatic transition, which is great because JB can't drive a manual and some say he can barely drive an auto. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9. Time to have a chat with Debbie Rivers, the dating and relationship expert from Dare to Date. Debbie, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, doing really well, doing really well. We're going to have a chat about honesty in relationships and is it honestly the best policy or you know little white lie from time to time you know it doesn't it doesn't hurt anyone does it no i actually don't think it does and i think you know sometimes people think honesty is the best policy is you know they say things you know just an excuse to to say something mean to someone right (laughs) Mm, mm, yeah yeah that's it i mean this has come about um good old married at first sight i mean it's not not often that we use them in a in a context such as this for you know statistical purposes (laughs) to back up what we're saying but bryce on there said to his wife, Melissa, that he usually goes for blue eyes and blonde hair, and she only had blonde hair, and then not only that, but rated her a 4 out of 10 and said he had to be honest (laughs) with it. I mean, that's harsh. Oh, it's harsh. And he goes, look, I usually go for 10s, and if I walk past you in a bar, I don't know if I'd talk to you, but I definitely wouldn't date you. So, you know, he was they brought this truth box out and said, okay, is the person your type? Now, it would have been okay to say, I mean, you're on Married at First Sight, but they mm. too put you with people who aren't your type, and mm. it's why you go on the show. But he could have said, you're not my type, and left it there. But to go to that level of detail, yeah. <laughs> you cause damage that it's really hard to come back from. Yeah, exactly. So, so what should you sort of do in that in that in that scenario? The classic, you know, does my bum look big in these jeans? <laughs> question, you know. <laughs> you know, look, I think I think sometimes when you know when people can't do anything about what you're telling them, you know, imagine that you're going to go just go do some public speaking and you ask how you look. You can't do anything about it. So the truth in that case doesn't serve anything and I think being kind over being truthful yeah. is is a better option and you know guys never win over the does my bum look big in this <laughs> question <laughs> no no run I think is the right answer there isn't it get out of there <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so... Run. because as women we'll, we'll, I don't know like when they say um, sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me it's absolutely not true those words mm. we remember you know those sorts of things, like poor Melissa in the show, that's something she's going to remember forever. And I know that, um, you know, you can't, you really can't come back from that. On the, on the latest episode, he said he just can't, he likes girls with blue eyes and hers are green. I mean, to get down to that level of um, <laughs> being picky with someone, it's, it's too narrow, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, it, that's it, exactly. So what, what sort of, what should, to use Bryce as the example, 
we've uh, we've smashed him already, so we'll just continue with that. What <laughs> what would be sort of the tack that he should have taken? You know, he should have said, you're not my usual type, but I'm attracted to you. Yeah. That's all he needed to say, really. And he, he is attracted to her. They were getting on quite well. Yeah. But I think, you know, in dating and stuff, people think they have to be overly honest. No, don't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I the... mean, don't lie either. And we're not talking about the big stuff. But find in that person what you like mm. rather than tearing them apart. Yeah. Because they get a better result. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly right. Hey... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Watching it feels like a train wreck because... He was saying these words, mm. and he didn't see how upset she was getting. And I'm like, are you guys that oblivious to the, how the words land sometimes? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. Sometimes you need to take the poo sandwich approach, which is the, the nice compliment <laughs> on the, the first piece of bread, the crap in the center of the sandwich, and then another compliment at the back. Exactly. I mean, I mean, and you don't want to be with someone that always tells you they like what you're wearing, and then you ha- they, they tell you later that they hate what you're wearing. So there is a way of navigating some of this stuff that works that doesn't cause damage. Yeah. No. Exactly. That's it. And the the, the sandwich idea is is perfect. It's the perfect solution. But you know, I I do think some things that you know people can't change. Like if you if you've got a big nose, pointing out you've got a big nose, unless you're going to get plastic surgery, isn't really helpful. Is it? <laughs> Can't no. do anything about it. And then they'll probably turn around <laughs> and say, I don't like plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Debbie, thank you so much for the chat. Oh, it's been great. Thank you. For the all-new GWM Cannon with a powerful turbo diesel engine and an eight-speed ZF automatic transition, which is great because JB can't drive a manual and some say he can barely drive an auto. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9. Time to chat with Nicole Gorton, director at Robert Half. Nicole, thank you so much for your time. How are you? Very well indeed, thank you. How are you? Yeah, doing really, really, really well. I was quite alarmed by these statistics, but apparently more and more employers this year are looking at giving their employees pay rises. That's surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are, and there's a number of reasons for that, but the statistics are alarming. 70% of Australian businesses are planning to increase salaries for existing staff and also uh, for new hires uh, with yeah, within the employment market. It's amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. Is that like a, I, I take it after everything everyone went through in the last 12 months with COVID-19? Is this sort of the payoff for it? Well, that's one way of looking at it. However, I think it, it's uh, as bigger things to focus on as it relates to this for a business. And I don't think as companies are looking to add to headcount they're hiring and the reasons why they're hiring is because back on you know they're implementing new systems putting putting their their technology in the cloud um checking out their security cyber security they're also launching new products uh geographical expansion is back and they're looking at how they can grow their business they need people to help them grow their business and secondly, we don't. The borders are shut, so everybody's looking at what uh, they have access to within the Australian market from a, a talent perspective. Mm. So we're currently going through a talent deficit. Yeah. As a result of that, companies are thinking, "I have to put in uh, some pay increases here," and looking at how they can hire and, and retain uh, staff. Yeah, that that's very true. I guess when that's one of the carrots that you have to wave around. Um, then that's sort of what you got to do, I guess. 
It is. And you think about it. I mean, what are those those pay rises? What do they look like? Our national wage growth forecast is typically sits at about that 1.5%. Companies are looking to give a pay rise of anywhere between 6 and 10%. Yeah. So that in itself is quite telling. Um, so I think it's it's a big opportunity for um, for definitely if you're looking for a job for people in the marketplace going, wow, what's my worth? Yeah, yeah. What are, uh, is there certain industries in particular that are offering up these pay rises more than other industries? Yeah, there are. I mean, there's there's a lot of industries, as you can imagine, uh, within uh, within property, within uh, insurance, uh, financial services. There is there are many industries that are that are coming back, and they're looking at how do we then, uh, you know grow our business, get a breast of the marketplace and, and take market share, so on and so forth. But I actually also think that many organisations, not for profit, is big as well, but mm-hmm. I think many organisations are at this point of, you know, they're back, their hybrid working models as, as, you know, set in stone. They're looking at, you know, the economic sentiment's pretty positive. What do we need to do to, uh, to grow our business and, yeah. and effectively take market share? And I think that they do need people. So it, it comes down to... if. Salary is one element, then, and they can only pay so much. What other benefits mm. can they look at to offer out there uh, as it relates to, you know, uh, ins- health insurance, as it relates to gym memberships, as it relates to offering up some flexibility, um, training, mentoring? There are so many other areas that you can go to outside of salary and isolation, which I think companies should consider as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's mainly new hires or? people that are currently employed have the opportunity to get these pay rises. And I guess it kind of comes back to why would I want to stay somewhere where I could jump to another company and get that pay rise? So it does come back to retaining staff as well. Yeah, it's both. It's actually new hires, but it's definitely existing employees. And I think it was something like 35% said that they'd give it across the board to all all employees. Mm. And then another 35% said they'd give it to uh, the senior leadership team in isolation so it's still within the business though so yeah it's definitely internal within the organization and then as they're bringing people on board looking at um what that salary level or range should be fantastic i like it hopefully one day it flows through to uh radio announcers because i think i might have missed the memo on this one i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's all about supply and demand maybe (laughs) yes very true nicole thank you so much for the chat Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Jared.